One of the things uh, we're going to try to start talking about today is how do we create this warrior mindset or this new mindset that we need to have so that we can actually repent, think a new way, so that we can actually change the things in our lives. Um, too many times we think we're just dealt this, this set of cards and this is what we got, and there's no way to change it. And, you know, my grandfather was like that and my dad was like that and everybody was like that, so that's just the way I'm going to be. And that's not truth. And so what we're going to do is learn some tools on how to not be that way. And we're also going to uh, talk about uh, why were we programmed that way? How'd that happen? Now, some of you are new here for me, new faces, so you don't know my background. So my background, real quick, is I've got a master's in biochemistry. I've got a doctorate in philosophy and theology. And I'm a nuclear power chemist for 10 years in the United States Navy. So when I teach, I sometimes teach from a place of being a nerd. Because when I study something, I study it down to the molecule. I want to know that I know that I know that it's a truth. And uh, when, I, uh, when I study the words the same way, I go to the Greek, I go to the Hebrew, I go to the Aramaic. I want to know what is this word really saying? If this is the truth, and this is the stuff that we've been left, then maybe, just maybe, I should know what the heck it's saying. So um, when I'm teaching from the nerd place, I'll probably give you a heads up, this is nerd. And uh, if you don't understand anything, that's okay. But, you know, unfortunately, sometimes the people in our society today receive science so much easier than they receive the word. You know, oh, that's faith, that's not true. And you know what's happening is science is finally catching up with the word. And, and if we can see that, especially men, I mean, we have this intellectual mindset thing that we have. And I know some women the same way, but it's, we've got to learn that there is truth in the word and that every piece of it is the truth. And then if we can believe that every piece of it is the truth, what the heck are we waiting on? <laughs> to stand in that place of being the light and the salt. You know, why are we waiting for this, for God to make a move when he left us here to be his hands and feet? See, we're his hands and feet. We are the light and the salt. Oh, God, do something new. Now he did it. I made you. You're the thing. You're the amazing thing. So there's going to be a couple of words that are going to come up in your head that I want to make sure you now notice because I'm going to bring them up. The three words are, I know that. Yeah, okay, great. But do you do that? See, it's easy to know a thing. Knowledge puffeth up, right? But to do a thing actually takes the wisdom to apply it to your life. Because just because you know something, if it's a truth, you're going to apply it to your life. That's wisdom. Make sense? I was watching... Uh, Christian over here, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Nate over here playing the air guitar, uh, air, air drums, and he wasn't making any noise because he was just missing them all. He, just, just, he wasn't trying to make any noise. Sometimes I feel like that's us Christians. We're banging around, banging around, banging around, but we ain't making no noise. And people are watching what we do. They're not hearing what we say, and the hearing what we say is the noise. But they want to see how is our life different than theirs. That's what they're watching. So, or if you're a little younger and you know, or maybe older, Foghorn Leghorn, a little cartoon character used to say, oh boy, I say, boy, I, I see a lot of chopping, but no chips are flying. 
And sometimes that's what our life is. We see a lot of chopping, and we do a lot of chopping, but there's no chips flying. We look just like the world. And it's time for that to stop. In this dark time, it's time. When I say dark time, I mean this. It's dark out there, yeah. And people are looking for the light, as Ben said. And we are that light. But we're looking like the world a lot of times. And it's time for us to step up our light and start looking like we're supposed to look, like Papa God, like Jesus Christ, and walk this earth like he did. Does that make sense? So I told Ben I'd go over this real quick, if I can make it work. There. He talked about tongues last week. And so, me being science, I wanted to show you that when you speak in tongues, and this is done by uh, the University of Pennsylvania Science and Medicine, they did a study and they actually had two pictures. Now this one is someone speaking, and this one is someone speaking in tongues. And in speaking in tongues, the speech centers are not active. What? And they were like, why? Because it's not you speaking. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. So your actual speech centers don't activate. Now, this is not just Joe Christian University. This is University of Pennsylvania School of Medicine showing that when you speak in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. It's not you speaking. It's the utterances of the Holy Spirit. It's that perfect prayer. That makes sense? This is science now. This is what it says. It also shows thermal imaging of the differences between one speaking in tongues, calm, and one speaking, all fired up. The brain is not engaged when you speak in tongues. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through you. But this is just what science says. Also, science says that 4% of the universe is visible matter. Only 4%. So 96% is dark matter and dark energy. When we say dark, we mean unseen. So if you make a decision on your own with only 4% of the information using your five senses, not engaging the Holy Spirit, you might not make a good decision. But if you utilize the Holy Spirit and you use all 100%, you might make a bit of a different decision than you would have using your 4% or common sense. Does that make sense? So that's why the Holy Spirit's so important. Now, how much power does the Holy Spirit have? All. All power. That's a lot. All is good. So our potential is all. Now, as a nerd, potential energy is mass times gravity times height, which means all of those things are just there, mass, gravity, height. But it ain't moving. How high is his power? All power. I like that. But it has no value in our life and no value in the lives of others until it's released. That's called kinetic energy, which is one-half mv squared, v being velocity. You got to have action. If you don't have action, you don't have the Holy Spirit working. And if you believe the Holy Spirit can't work through you, you're right. Right? You're right. He's a gentleman. He's not going to work through you if you say, I don't believe he can I don't believe that when I'm tell, told to go lay hands on that person, that person can get up from that wheelchair. I don't believe that. And he says, okay, you're right. I'm a gentleman, and I won't use you. I can't use you there. 
it's our job now to start doing the things that make no sense, right? We're peculiar people, the word says. That don't mean we look like everybody else. It means people want to start looking like us. We okay still? All right, just want to make sure. So the purpose, our purpose as a warrior is to be a change agent or an agent of change or to start changing things. You see, the Holy Spirit in us always brings order to chaos, right? From the beginning, all this stuff, he's hovering over the, the earth and all kinds of messes happening and God said, let there be and boom, the Holy Spirit's doing, right? And what are we saying, let there be? And what are we doing? So the big thing is we're a change agent, but we're not trying to change people. We're not trying to change situations. We're trying to change us. See, we have to change self first before we can change everything, anything. We can't give to the world what we don't have. So how am I going to give someone peace if I don't have peace? How am I going to give someone love if I'm not love? Right? How am I going to give someone joy if I'm not in joy? Or not actually just joy. You know, you know when someone's in joy, they, come, they show up and it's just like the whole room changes. I mean, I watch Caden sing and I go, wow, she's in joy. I don't care what note's coming out of her mouth. By the way, they're beautiful. It's just that I'm excited because she's so excited. And see, that's how the world works. They get infected because of, they're infected by your joy or your peace or your love or the way you are. And when you look just like the world, you're going to get the same stuff the world gets, and you have no light. How dark is that light that you've been given? So we want to learn a little bit about that today. And we want to learn that it's, we're going to change, and it's okay to change, because God said to repent. He said to think a new way, didn't he? He told us to think a new way. Well, we're a new creature in Christ. Why do I keep getting the same old stuff? I keep getting to the five-yard line and I fumble the ball. How come? What's wrong? What's going on in my head? So, you know, the thing that's hard about being a change agent is that there's pain. There's pain. When you grow, self-growth is, pain, is painful. You know, the first thing you got to do is the hardest thing. You got to look at yourself. Wait a minute. Nah, mm, 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 mm. I want to look at other people. I'm good at that stuff. I want to tell them what's wrong with them. I don't want to look at me, but the only thing you can change is you. And the cool thing is if you change you, you change everything. But you got to go through pain. But as a Christian, if you're dead to self, how much pain does a dead man feel? Or maybe we're not a Christian. Hmm. Let me think. Do I really believe this word? Do I really believe what I said? Did I really believe when I came up front and I cried that I wanted to be a new creature in Christ? Or did I not? See, we've got to make a decision. Do we want to be a change agent? Do we want to be different? Do we want to be the salt and the light? Well, to do that, it's a little pain involved. But you're dead to self. Who cares how much pain's involved? Right? So, to do what we have to do to tame ourselves, we must understand that our thoughts create our life. The thoughts that we, create, we think create our life. You know, the word says that 
casting down every imagination, every high thing that elevates itself against the, the, the science of God or the knowledge of God, because the word knowledge means science, and I like that. It's, you know, it's scientia. Bringing into captivity every thought into obedience with Christ. Every thought. So it must be important to catch every thought. What does it say? These thoughts get into my heart and keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. Well, the word issues means borders or boundaries. So if you want to know what your borders or boundaries are in your life, all you have to do is look at where you're at. What do you believe? And you're living exactly what you believe right now. Now that stinks. Because in that is responsibility. The cool thing about that is that you have the power to change it. See, there are no victims in the body of Christ. There's just willing participants. I'm going to buy into this. I'm going to buy into that. I, I can't do that. I'm going to buy into that. I'm only allowed to make this much money. I'm going to buy into. And because we have all power, dominion, and authority, whatever we buy into is made so. Does that make sense? I know it's hard because then we have to make a change. But we have the ability to make a change. Well, first, to make a change, we got to make sure we got permission to make this change. And the only way I know to get permission is from the Word. So let's see what the Word says. Can I wield this power of the Holy Spirit? Well, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God gave us a spirit of fear, uh, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Okay, check. That's good. Colossians 1.11, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy check. I can do all things through him who strengthens me, check. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Look, we have all the power. Behold, I have given you authority. It's just over and over and over again that we have all the power. Why don't we wield it? We don't believe it. And what we believe, we see, right? I don't mean this to be a hard message, but it's a message to activate. It's time for us to be different than the rest of the world. It's time for our fruit to be different than the rest of the world's. And the only person that you can change right now is you. Because the only moment that we can make a change is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now is when God is. God is I am. I am is now. So only now is I am. So we're in alignment with God now. So what we believe now is what we create. Make sense? Okay. So I said, let's create this warrior mind. It says, John 14, 12 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me and the works that, that I do... He, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Well, wait a minute now, greater works. Well, I had to look that up, of course. And it meant in magnitude and in volume. So it's like a bigger, it's going to be a bigger work, and it's also going to be like more people doing it, more, more works being done. So then I looked up this word ergon. Works is ergon. just means, you know, this daily thing I do, no big deal. It's what I do. It's called daily toil, the word ergon, works. So he says, you're going to do 
greater daily toil than he did. Well, the word ergon is works. The word dunamis, which we all know is miracle work and power, right, is, is the word dunamis. So what we have to do now is we are, and this is the hard part for us to accept, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I'll just say it real quick, use the word when they refer to the miracles of Jesus as dunamis. Dunamis power. Amazing. So amazing. John, who knew him closest, used the word ergon. Jesus, when he referred to his own miracles, used the word ergon. It's just what we do. What does that mean? I brush my teeth. I comb my hair. I heal the leper. I get the guy out of the wheelchair because I just stood in the gap. This is what we do, and then I go eat dinner. It's not a big deal. But when we make it a big deal, we separate ourselves from our own greatness. You see, he created us to be great. See, the dunamis, I get passionate here. The dunamis, or the miracle, is you. You're the miracle. You're the one that brings the miracle with you, and the world sees it done, and they go, what a miracle. You go, just what I do for his glory and honor. I just magnify him everywhere I go. And if we can get that mindset, we can receive it because it ain't about us. That's the key to this whole thing is it's not about you. Where are you, God? Why are you helping me, God? I gave you everything. Handle it. Change this mindset. Walk a different way. Be that person I called you to become. So I said, well, what did Jesus do? Well, he turned water to wine. He read the mind of a woman from Samaria. He healed an official's son. He uh, healed a man who was crippled for 38 years. He fed 5,000 with loaves and fishes. He walked on water and blah, 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 blah. That's a lot of stuff. I'm not doing the things I'm supposed to be doing because it's time for us now. You see, that's why we're talking about this now, because the time is now. The time for us to rise up and become who we're supposed to become is now. No more Christian fans. Yeah, praise God, hallelujah. You know, and we become these fans praising everyone else doing a work, but we don't do a work. We don't do the thing we've been called to. You see, each of us is a king and a priest, each of us, right? So if you're a king and a priest, you're a king and a priest of something. So what's that something you've been put, to, put in charge of? What's that purpose, that mantle that you carry? Which is it? Ben carries the mantle of being a pastor here. I support that mantle. I serve that mantle. Okay? I have a mantle. You have a mantle. And I serve your mantle. But you know what? You're the king and the priest in that mantle. I don't tell Ben how to run the church. I give my input, others give their input, and he makes the final decision because he's got the Holy Spirit working, and he has the Holy Spirit. How do I do this in the mantle you've given me to magnify you the best, Papa God? And sometimes he says things that make no sense. But they're right. But they're right. You have to know that the things that you do in the purpose you've been given, first, you've got to know you have a purpose, but secondly, that the purpose you've been given, when you pray, you're going to get the answer, and it may not look the way you think it's going to. And it's okay. It's okay it doesn't look that way. The coolest thing is God always wants to show up the way you never expect him to show up. Too many times we dictate how God's going to show up. 
Well, and uh, the way I want that money is I want it to be just this way, and it's going to come from this stock right here. Okay, good luck with that. Because I was going to have someone give it to you, but if that's the way you want it, okay. Because then we pretend like it wasn't God. We say, oh, we give praise and glory to God with that stock. No, it was about us. The way we could receive it, not the way he wanted to give it. Right? So, you know, change is hard. And, you know, most people only change through traumatic experience. And it's sad. But maybe someone died in the family. Or maybe you're an alcoholic or a drug addict and you ended up in jail. Or maybe uh, you had a big tornado and it wiped you out. And, and now, all of a sudden, you start to look around. And you go, wow, this doesn't look comfortable. Maybe something in me needs to change. And when you say that, that one moment, as soon as you think that, you can become a new person. Because now you're thinking outside that boundary, that issues of, that you set up for yourself. You, become, you can become that new person. So we, we, we have 80% changing based on this trauma. For me, it was sitting in a jail cell hugging my son through the bars because I was drinking. And I got uh, arrested. I, get, I used to get arrested all the time for beating up people. And, and you know, you, you, they always want to, the dudes, the littlest dudes with the beer muscles on, want to go hit the biggest dude and show how big they are. And so they hit me, and then I hit them back, and they stay hit. And then I go to, I go to jail. But I was drinking, too. And when I drank, because I, I, these same people became my friends when I was hanging out with them. When they would attack me, I'd talk them through it. See, it was a whole different attitude then. I could talk them through it. But I'm hugging my son through the bars, and I look up, and I say, God, take this from me. You know, and when I said that, when I reached out, when it finally became not about me, it was taken from me. But I said it from a humble heart. That's who I'm humble to. I'm humble to the Lord. But I'm bold everywhere else. But I'm humble to the Lord. Make sense? So unfortunately, a lot of us don't change until there's traumatic experience. But many of us have the ability to change based on joy, peace, and love, creating that change because we know it's a better thing. We create the change from a place of being in a good place. No, I know I can do better than this, but only 20% of us change that way. 80% of us change based on pain. Well, right now, the world's in pain. They're looking. Where's the joy, peace, and love? I need the joy, peace, and love. Why are you smiling through all this stuff? I don't understand that. Ah. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you about my experience with Papa God. Let me tell you. And you've got to be transparent. When I talk about I was kneeling in a cell, that's transparent, right? I'm not putting on a church face. Hallelujah, praise God. The wind blew and I was good. No, it didn't happen that way for me. There was some pain. But when you're transparent, now you become the one helping them find the bridge of Jesus Christ to Papa God, Right? So that transparency is key in the body of Christ. No more playing that church thing. No more playing, I'm the holy, holy. All's good, brother. I just yelled at my wife in the car, but I'm great. Let's stop that. If we need help, let's ask for help. That's why we're here together. We're all brothers and sisters. We hold each other's arm when we're going through the battle, right? We help each other. We don't try to pretend like we're something we ain't. 
Because then we're a double-minded man, a double-minded man should expect nothing. Right? Okay. So, there's a couple of things about creating this warrior mindset. First, you have to understand that consciousness is not your brain. Your brain is just an organ. If I can say to you, I want you to sit there. Think of the next thought you're going to think. Think of it. See it. Look at it. And you go, oh, oh, yeah, I thought of my next thought. Well, who, who was looking at that thought to think of that thought? It was you, your consciousness. That's who you are. You're not your brain. It's an organ. And because that brain was programmed a certain way, you can change that programming. You are a higher being than the brain. I got a couple of yes, so I get we had two or three people got that. The best way to change your mind is to first make it not about you. You see, this is, this is the world, this is everyone. Everyone that grows, everyone I listen to knows these things. The first thing you do is take your attention off of you. Can you do that? Can you take your attention off of you? Me, my, 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 I. What I don't have. I don't have this. I don't have this. You know, just try to start each day with a place of gratitude. Fake it. If you only got two, say two. I'm not dead. One, check. <laughs> and I don't plan on dying today. So I'm good. Hallelujah. Praise God. But then you realize what country you're in. Then you realize the great things you have in your life. Then you realize you have a house. Then you realize you're eating. Then you realize all these little things that start building up, and your gratitude actually grows inside you, and you don't think about what you don't have. You think about what you do have. And what you focus on, you get more of. Right? What you focus on, you get more of. Well, I want to focus on what I don't have. And poor me, and poor me, and poor me. And get ready for more stuff you don't have. Because the... God created, created everything so that he knew you were in charge. Everything your hands touch, you're going to see it. You're going to create it. You're the boss of you. And if you keep saying, I want more of this and more of this and more of this, because that's what's feeling from your heart, you're going to get more of this. You know, everybody, you know, everybody screws me over. Everybody just does that to me. Everybody messes me over. And when you think that, get ready. Here it comes again. And you're right. You did it to you. No one else did it to you because there's other people in your exact same circumstances, situation that are prospering. Twins, one broke, another wealthy. Twin twins. Okay. Take your attention off your environment. Right now we have to do that. Take your attention off your environment and then take your attention off of time. How do you do that? Well, you got to be in now. Now is like... I got so many problems. Yeah, but right now, this moment, sitting in this church, what is your problem? I, I'm good. Right now, I'm good. Right this second. But if I think about what's coming, I could be afraid of that. Or if I remember what happened, I could be in, in regret of that. Yeah, you could. But let's think about now. What about now? Because we're creating in now. And if we find peace, joy, and love in now... We create more peace, joy, and love for our future. Make sense? So how do I get to now? You know, what do you say? B? B. B is now. You got a B to be now, right? One of the key, key things about now 
is, I should actually look it up. No. The key thing about now is that you, you're lined up with I am, you're meditating in the morning. Here's what I do, and, and I'll just give you mine. I get up every morning early, 3.30, 4 o'clock, something like that. Sun ain't out. Now, because of my performance mindset, I know I have to get up at that time. Why? Because if I get up later than that, I, think, I feel like I've, I've left some of the day behind. Is that good? No, it's not good. I'm working on stuff, just like all of us are working on stuff. But I get up and I sit on Papa's lap for me. I meditate. I meditate and I go to the throne room and I sit on Papa's lap and I, I ask him, what are we going to create today? So we're co-creating with Papa God our day every day. I could be created on or I can be the cre one who creates my call. One's a victim mentality, one's a, one's a victor mentality. Which one do I choose? Jesus meditated 23 times in the Bible. Uh, David meditated 19 times in the Bible. So meditation is not new age. Meditation is ours they took from us. You see, this is what we're not getting. So many times the new ages have taken the stuff that we knew worked in the day, and now they've twisted it, and we go, oh, stay away from that. Stay away from that. But it's a tool for us so that we can get one and be in this now moment with Papa God. We meditate. And meditate, what the word meditate mean? I'm going to look it up. To become familiar with. That's all it means. Meditation, to become familiar with, or the process of becoming familiar with. That's all it means. Well, I'm not going to teach about stress because there's a lot of it in our, our days, right? The stress that we have today is, I, I guess I am going to say a couple of things. One thing is this, 70% of our lives we spend in the place of stress. 70%. You see, we were meant to be in stress for a short period of time, for small bursts of energy, like T-Rex was attack attacking you or a lion's coming your way. Stress! What do you do? You focus. You get laser focus. You become in this now moment. You are matter. You're not an energy. You're matter. You're like, how do I save me? And that's supposed to last for about 30 minutes. And what's the, what are you looking at? The most worst circumstance possible. Here's the worst circumstance possible, so I got to do this and this and this to prevent the worst circumstance possible. Well, we're in stress 70% of the time because we have a relationship that's not so good with our boss or COVID-19 or mother-in-law or whatever. So we keep ourselves in this place of stress. And you know what we're creating? The worst possible scenario I can think of. And if we create the worst possible scenario I can think of, what are we going to see more of in our life? The worst possible scenario. So we've got to learn to capture that thought and hold it up to the glory of God. We've got to learn how to meditate and get in that place of peace. Here's the thing. And one more thing about stress, I'm sorry, i got to tell you. It makes you sick. It makes you sick. I mean, if you want to have disease in your life, stress. Cortisol is what it's called. It's the chemical. Cortisol is given off. It, it, all it does to your body is say, okay, energy that's in my body that's used to heal me, 
uh, get out there. I want you out here. I want you in the sympathetic nervous system. Fight or flight, fight or flight, fight or flight. And that's what we're doing. All the energy we have is being used here. And our parasympathetic nervous system, or the one that heals us, has no energy. We're robbing it of energy. All of a sudden, the genes that activate the sickle cell anemia or the genes that activate the high blood pressure, all of a sudden they get ignited because we got nothing to heal us. It's all out here worrying about external things. But we're a higher being. We're a spiritual being in an earthly body. But when we're in stress, we're in the earth. We are matter. We are not being a spiritual being. Does that make sense? And I had to kind of shorten that. So real quick. <laughs> if you think about this, here's how it works. And this is us, and we're, we're funny. 90% of the time, we think the same thoughts we thought the day before. Now, as Dr. Matt teaches, Matt Menino, 80% of those thoughts are negative. So if we're thinking the same thoughts, well, let's see what happens. We create ourselves and we put ourselves in prison. We have the same thoughts, so we make the same choices. So we take the same actions and we do the same behaviors. So we have the same experiences in our life. So we have the same feelings and emotions in our life. So we think the same thoughts. And we're in a loop over and over and over. How do we stop thinking the same thoughts? Capture the thought. You got to start thinking about the thoughts you're thinking. Because you're not your thoughts. Again, you're the consciousness. You're the one programming you. Now, you can all say I'm programmed from something that happened 30 years ago. How many of us live our lives based on an attitude we experienced from an event that happened 30 years ago? Because we never resolved it in our heart. So we never even uh, accepted the apology or forgave the person in our heart. So the, what we were carrying around the whole time was the weight of that thing that happened 30 years ago. And everywhere we go, that thing shows up. Everywhere we go, I can't trust men. Everywhere we go, oh, I can't trust them. They, they, I can't do, oh, I judge people. I judge people. Why? Because I was judged, so I'm judging. And the funny thing is, and Stanford University proved this, they did a study, and 50% of the things that happened to people in the previous, in you know, 10, 20, 30 years before, 50% of it's not accurate. So what? So we're actually holding ourselves in bondage and remembering a thing that never really happened that way. But we had to because our body had to change because we loved, and here's the thing, we loved that chemical that it was producing, that negative chemical. We become addicted to the emotions we feel. Our body becomes addicted to those emotions. So if it's a negative emotion over and over and over again, and the amygdala is, is shooting out these negative emotions, you start to become addicted. The body opens up and says, hey, they must want this. More receptor sites for this thing. More receptor sites for this thing. And over and over, and we're all addicts. So we all need a 12-step program. Let me tell you that right now. But we're addicts of our mind. That creates a chemical addiction in our body. So we have to get out of that thing. How do we get out of that thing? Again, we capture each thought. So I'll do a couple of scriptures, and then I'll have to wind it up. But one thing I did want to say is how you think, how you act, and how you feel become your personality, your personality, right? Well, 
What is the soul? Mind, will, and emotions. Think, act, and feel. So if that's our personal personality, it becomes our personal reality. It becomes what we see in our life based on how we think, act, and feel. So if we want to change that, beloved, I wish that above things that you thou may prosperous and be of good health, even as thy soul prospers. Oh, man, why do I have to throw that even in there? Yeah, you're going to prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers, your mind, will, and emotions, as you think a new way, as you start to get it right, as your mind says, you know what, I don't buy that. Or, hey, thanks for sharing. I'm getting ready to do this amazing thing, and you say I'm not able to do that. I can't do that. Well, you know what that is? That's a border boundary. I can't. You're too old. Can't get it done. You're coming up on the borders. You're coming up. You're getting ready to go to a new place. You're right there. All of a sudden, that lie comes up. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm more comfortable back here. Or you say, no, thanks for sharing. I see that's a border. Time to go through that border to the next place I'm supposed to go. So when you have those thoughts, know that thought is just a border to the next level you're supposed to go. You're right on track. You're right on track. Don't let it hold you back. And people say, well, I'm just more, more comfortable. I'm just more comfortable back. No, no, no. You're familiar with that feeling. You know why? Because you're addicted to that emotion. I'm too old to change. Lie, border. God's the redeemer of time. He created you for a great work. He laid it up in the heavens for you. All you have to do is line up to where he put it. God, where are you? Where are you? Where's all my wealth, health, prosperity, peace, joy, love? Where's all that stuff? It's where I want you. Why would I put it where I don't want you? I, I put it right where I called you. And we yell at God because he didn't put it where we want him to put it. You know, as I said in the little song on Wednesday, it was, we, we say this thing, I want to do what I want to do. I want to do what I want to do. I want your power, dominion, and authority, but... I want to do what I want to do. That's where we're coming from. I want to do what I want to do. Where are you, God? He said, I put all the stuff right here that you need. And how, you know what's amazing? When you take that step, when you take that one step toward it in faith, all of a sudden you're overwhelmed with all the stuff you get. It overtakes you. You don't pursue it. It overtakes you. So, I'm running out of time again. Let me see. I'm just going to do this. I'm going to go to the end. I got too much nerdly stuff to teach here. Just remember this. You can't create a new future by holding on to the memories of the past. You know, that 30-year thing I was talking about, when you have that 30-year thing, there's an actual picture that's created in your mind. You see a picture of that event, and that picture is what you see. Every time you see that picture in your head, they re release those same emotions you felt when it happened. And you go, oh, there they are. Ah, yes, I'm always let down. Whew, I feel so good because you're addicted to the emotion of being let down, but it's not the, so what do we have to do to create this new reality? We gotta put a new picture in our, in our mind. Get rid of that old picture. How do we new, put a new picture? We put a vision board up. 
It's okay, Christians, to have a vision board as long as the vision is the tools God's created for you to do your ministry. I just want a big car. I just want a plane. Well, why do you need that plane? Well, my ministry needs one because I need to go, okay, put it up there because it ain't about you. You know, the world's creating all these vision boards to get their new house or new car just for them. And then they're hollow inside. There's nothing there, you know. So, hey, Christians, it's okay to be wealthy because you know what? They're needing saving too, the people with a lot of money. They've done everything the world can do. They've gotten everything the world can give, and they're still empty inside. And they're not going to listen to a poor person. Right? The poor follow the rich. The rich follow the rich, but the rich do not follow the poor. So, no pressure, but it's your obligation to be wealthy. Be different than everyone else. Be wealthy. And you didn't pursue the wealth. You pursued the relationship. You pursued the purpose, and wealth was laid up there. You see, that's important. So, let me get past this. <laughs> Ooh, I think I got enough for about three, three sessions here. I know, I'm sorry. The big thing is this. We now have vision. We put vision in there, and I've talked about that, which was inspiration from the Holy Spirit. We put these vision on their vision board. Now we get new thoughts. That's cool. New thoughts give us new choices. New choices give us new actions. New actions give us new experiences. New experiences give us new feelings. And we go back to new thoughts again. Isn't that cool? Every day is a present. We don't know what's coming. Isn't it exciting? Or do we want to always be able to predict our future? Let down again. Boy, they're, yeah, loser. Oh, yeah, they looked over me again for that raise. I knew they would. And you're right. Okay? So, the key is to love of life has got to be greater than the fear of death. Finally, no more cause and effect, but you cause the effect. You're powerful. Cause the effect. Don't be dictated by experience on what happens to you. You caused it. Remember, if you're waiting for something to happen, you're not creating. You're being created upon. When you, quick, sorry. It says we're supposed to create with prayer, supplication, and celebration. That's how we pray, right? Prayer, supplication, celebration. Well, if you start celebrating things that haven't already happened, the subconscious mind don't know that. It assumes it already happened. And so you're going to see that thing in your life very quickly if you do the one thing you've got to do. Feel it. Don't just say it. That'll mess you up. Your mind and your heart ain't in as one. A double-minded man should expect nothing. You got a heart brain, you got a mind. The two ain't lined up, you're in chaos. But if your heart believes it and you give the emotion out there, that's a magnetic signal you're sending out to the world, you're going to see it quick. And the bigger that emotion, the quicker it comes. But you can't fake it. can't fake it. It's got to be real. The moment you felt the emotion of your future self, you were giving your body a taste of the future. You are reprogramming it. You are now empowered. Chance it. Or keep living the way the world says to live. 
and you're going to keep getting the stuff the world gives you. And I'm the boss of me, so I'm working on this stuff. Do I have it all? No. But am I working on it? Yes. And when you're given this information, you've got the responsibility to do something with it. And that's the key. You can put it away in a drawer somewhere. You can say, well, I know that, but I'm not going to change nothing. Or you can actually start to apply it to your life. And if you can apply it to your life, Christians, and it's not about you. It's just about taking responsibility for the thing we've been given all power, dominion, and authority over. That magnifies God. And that's what we're here to do, is to magnify him. Bring the light and the salt to the dark places so that he can shine out through us, but we're dead. It ain't about us. It's all about him shining out through us. Make sense?